and welcome to another Meta Media Group production of On Purpose Magazine, featuring interesting, inspiring, educational, and entertaining stories, discussions, and interviews of purpose, with purpose, on purpose. Hello, everybody. This is J.W. Nutarian with On Purpose Magazine, and today we're excited to have Mr. Bob there with us. Hi, Bob. How you doing? Hello. Doing great. Hey, Bob. Um, you know, I brought you on not too long ago. You know, you pulled the you pulled the uh, reversal on me. You actually re- um, did an uh, interview of me, which is not uh-huh. something I get very often. So it's very I'm very happy to be able to get you back here. And uh, you know, I've always wanted to get you on an interview. So we've got you, and we've got some really great stuff not only to go over, but uh, you have some great announcements to make. So I'm really excited about that too. So how are you doing today? How's, how's everything? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's um, it's been a busy day and a and a busy week, but uh hey, what's life would be boring if you weren't busy, so why not? <laughs> yeah, really. It's part of the, it's the journey, right? Not the destination. That's yeah, that's it. <laughs> no matter how how uh, upsetting the journey can be sometimes. Um <laughs> Well, you're getting ready to take off to uh, the Philippines. Uh, I know you run a business out there, and you're you're going to you you love to speak you love to speak and get in front of people. I know you're going to be speaking while you're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be exciting for people who don't know who Bob Bear is. Let me just tell you first of all, he's uh, um, you're an author, a speaker. Uh, you're the founder of BestsellingExperts.com. Uh, you're you're in Texas, I think. What are you guys out of Dallas? Yeah. Out of Dallas, right? And that's an integrated media company uh, and online community committed to assisting companies and individuals in branding, broadcasting, and living their vision through publishing, expert positioning, and publicity. And a lot of the stuff you do have to do, you do a lot of interviews yourself, just like I do, of a lot of best-selling experts, people in the know who have actually accomplished some things and know what they're doing. Is that right? Yeah, I I like to learn. It's amazing when you when you talk to different people and get different aspects of uh, expertise, different aspects of business. I I love learning other people's viewpoints. Well, not only that, you know, you're not just a guy who interviews other successful people. You, I think you run. Uh, I'm just. I think the number is around six different successful companies doing very different things. I I, I know you do work in hearing aids. You've worked in in, in Publishing and branding. Uh, you have a few other companies outsourcing. Uh, I mean, you, you should you, you tell me about it. Well, I guess I just like I like challenges. I like entrepreneurship, and uh, I have to I have to be careful. Like a lot of entrepreneurs, I have to be careful not to get too attracted by all the shiny objects that are out there, all the opportunities. But I I love the challenge of starting a company and making it successful and what i have discovered is that i'm good at getting them started i'm good at getting them rolling and then i found out that actually running the company when things have leveled off is not my best and highest use but there are people that love that and so i've learned to hire people to run them and uh, that that solved a lot of my wife's Stress with me always starting something and selling it and starting something new. Now I'm just, now I'm just juggling them. 
Well, we're so glad to have you on. Um, and your wife, you've been married like 30 years. Congratulations, by the way. It's t- tomorrow is my anniversary, my 14 year, um, and I hope to make it to 30 plus also. Great, yeah, yeah, 36 years. Wow, 36 years. Okay, my bio's off. How, that's, a, that's just astounding nowadays. Um, so you're a serial entrepreneur. You've been doing this for 40 years, uh, over 40 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you alone are, you know, I mean, you can answer all the questions. One of the things you just talked about, and I'm glad you brought it up because this is a biggie with me, and that is um, I've worked with many corporations. I've helped people start businesses. I've helped people run businesses. And I seem to find out that what you talked about is really generally true, and that is, People who are good at starting businesses are not necessarily good at running them, and they oftentimes tend to, and you can tell me if this is right or wrong, um, they, they tend to run them if they're good at starting them uh, into the ground because they, they tend to micromanage them too much because it takes a lot of micromanagement to start, but maybe not to necessarily run. Yeah. You know, I, I compare it to driving a car. Remember when cars all used to be stick shifts? It used to be three speeds on the column or four on the floor. Well, right. When you start out in a car, you start out in first gear. That gets you going, but eventually you have to shift to another gear. And the same way in business, it takes one set of skills in first gear to get it going. It takes more torque and it it takes more power to start getting the momentum up, but if you just leave it in first gear and never shift, or if you leave it in the second gear and you go 70, you're either going to you're going to burn something out, and that's what a lot of people do. They don't realize that they have the skill set to take it from point A to point B, but at some point in time they need to shift gears and and either either shift themselves or hire somebody that can take it to the next level. Well, what do you think that, that's attributed to? Is it people maybe not having either the training, maybe a little lack-mindedness, small-mindedness, or do you think it's an ego thing that uh, tells a lot of people who start businesses and are successful starting them that uh, they, if they're not doing it, then it won't get done right? Well, it's, it's both of those. Usually the people that start out, uh, entrepreneurs oftentimes uh, really – start doing it because they want autonomy, uh, they want to be on their own, they want to lead, and so they have that need for control. And you've, you've seen and heard about a lot of times where a company grows to a certain point that they bring in venture capitalists, and the VCs right. come in, provide money, capitalize the company, and then later on the board of directors fires the guy that starts it. Uh, mm-hmm. I I have been to that point my one of the companies that I have now, my, my audiology clinics, I grew it to a point doing more volume and more employees than, than what I had ever expected to have. And I ended up deciding, basically, I fired myself. I said, I'm not enjoying this anymore. You know, I enjoyed the startup, but I don't enjoy the administrative and the management, and I was doing bookkeeping, and I, you know, this this wasn't my best and highest purpose. I really love that phrase. You have to find out what you're passionate about, what you enjoy, and try to do that 80% of the time and get other people to do the other things that you don't enjoy. Hire someone, and that's, that's what I did. I hired a CEO to run the company, and I still have it. It's running great, and uh, I don't really even have to think about it. Well, that's great. Tell, tell me this because I've heard this also, and that is um, that you should that 
in order to make that work for you, um, that you should probably be thinking whether you are or not. Uh, but when you're building the company, be thinking like you're going to sell it, which means that you need to always be thinking of, well, if I'm making all the phone calls, if I'm doing all the, 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 the stuff, I need to start thinking of ways not to do that stuff so that if I sell it, I can walk away and it can still run. Does, yeah. that, that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And and basically what that comes down to is systems. You need systems set up, just like McDonald's has systems, so that you can train other people. This is how the system works, and and you can step back from it and not have to be doing everything yourself. Right. I mean, it, in fact, uh, there, you can expound on that idea. I've always heard that if you could build a little money machine business where you actually walked away and it continued to make money month over month or year over year, if you duplicated that process, uh, now, like McDonald's, talking about duplicating, you're talking about something like McDonald's where you, each one makes a million dollars, so if you want to make $10 million, you need 10 of them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a lot of people... A lot of people find themselves in the trap where they're trading their time for dollars. And I've, I've heard it described one time, and there's a, I know a lot of business consultants or people that do uh, one-on-one therapy or one-on-one coaching. If, if you have to be the one doing it, uh, if you're at the consulting level, one-on-one, you really are limiting yourself. The next level is training, where you take what you know and you train other people how to do it. And then the next level is leverage, which is licensing or franchising or creating a product that trains other people how to do it, but you're not even involved anymore. You're just leveraging the knowledge that you developed over the years. Wow, no, that's great. You know, you've been a serial entrepreneur um, since you, um, since what, 17, 17 years old? Yeah. I mean, you've been yeah, working for yourself I... all your life, correct? I started out with the normal things like creating a, a yard maintenance business and uh, and doing window washing and delivering papers, all the normal. Well, maybe not anymore. A lot of teenagers don't do things like that, but but I did. I I really found it uh, fulfilling and rewarding to figure out what people wanted that I could provide the answers for that they were willing to pay for. Right. And, you know, and, and in doing that, you're probably, un, you, you probably made yourself, because you've been working so long for yourself, you're probably not a, a very hireable guy. Is that correct? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> no, I, I, would be, I would be too independent. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a confrontational person, so I wouldn't really be arguing with my boss, but I would probably have a tendency just to leave and say, I can't. I can't continue doing this because it's nonsensical. This isn't this isn't the best way to do it. And so uh, right. that to me, there is value in people that are creative and that love to create the systems that fill the needs for people. That's super. And you know, there's something else about you that kind of breaks the mold, which which I love. Uh, and I'm sure this is more true than it isn't, but it isn't how we're brought up believing. A lot of times, because we we're brought up learning that business is adversarial. In other words, I've got to screw somebody in order to win, right? Or I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if I, and so one thing I like about you is that you're probably one of the mellowest guys I've ever met. You're 
very quiet, you're very peaceful, you're unassuming. I would never know by I've met you. We've you know we've been in the same room together. We've shaken hands. We've talked. Um, I would never assume that you're a business leader because you're very you know you're just a very such a quiet guy. So I would imagine that what you've learned to do very well is be assertive, not aggressive. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have had to learn to be assertive. Uh, a lot of people in business are very competitive. I would say that I'm I'm competitive with myself. You know, and very I good. think that every person, uh, to me, the difference between uh, a good coach is that a good coach is able to draw out of someone what their best capabilities are. And a few years ago, I just came to the point where I felt like, you know, I don't really think I've accomplished as much as I could possibly accomplish. What what more can I do? And I guess now I'm in a race with myself to see what I can accomplish with my life. Can I be effective? Can I leave, can I impact people? Can I leave a legacy? Can I can I help? And this is an important one to me. It's one of the reasons why I I wrote the book that's coming out, More Power, which is kind right. of a a mentorship in a book in that it's very important to me to try to teach other people how to avoid some of the obstacles I ran into and how to avoid some of the emotional pain that I went through in my life as an entrepreneur because Mm -hmm. I think it is avoidable, but people don't realize when they decide that they're going to go into business for themselves, they don't realize what they're getting into. And they don't realize uh, some of the big traps that lay ahead of them. That's so important, not only to, I mean, to, when you learn, it, you, know, you always want to pass it forward. You always want to, to teach and be a teacher. I know you're also altruistic. Uh, you're a giver. Uh, so mm-hmm. you, you've learned, you, we've talked about uh, the fact that you like to build community and relationship in your, in your business with, as opposed to being the, uh, the boss you know, you're looking for creative people. You're looking for people who can do the job to take over. You want to delegate, um, but then you just mentioned, uh, you know, uh, people getting into business. They don't realize really what it takes a lot of times. And I think a lot of gurus, you know, just make it sound so easy. Like you, you come up with a product, you go out there, and you you do, you know, you sell it with passion, and and you make a zillion dollars, and and that's great. But let's let's talk about that a little bit. What do you consider to be some of the the, the the biggest challenges of the entre- entrepreneur. One of the one of the big ones, and I talk about this in the first chapter of my book, is is lack of vision. You know, people mm-hmm. people, and I I see this sometimes at conferences. People don't really even know what they're going to do. They're looking and searching for how can I make money, and they're listening to all these different people teach their tactics on how to make money. But where they need to start is they need to find out what they're passionate about, what they, what they are about, what their desires and their skill sets are, and out of their passions, out of their longings, and out of their, the things that they're really good at and that they enjoy doing, they need to create a vision for what their perfect life would be. They need to create a vision for where they want to be, whether they see the way to get there or not. And once they have that vision ahead of them, 
then they're in a lot better position to choose what business, what product, how am I going to get about go about getting there? Right. Money money isn't isn't the top answer. And well, uh, let me ask you this because um, yeah, you, yeah. In the end, of the, in the end, it's not going to. When you're laying on your deathbed, you're not going to be thinking, "I wish I would have made one more dime." It's you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's yeah. going to be so many other things on your mind, and that is you know, family and and friends, and you know, did I do it? Did I do enough? And and do I regret that I did it? Did did some things. Um, on the other hand, uh, you brought up the passion thing, and this is a tough one. For me, this is a tough one because you know my passion is uh, sitting on a beach drinking pina coladas, and so far I haven't paid, I haven't found anybody who paid for that yet. So, um, but no, but seriously, uh, you know, a lot of us, I, I, you know, have a lot of different passions, and so we do run around a lot of times, um, starting hobby after hobby as as our next new thing, and you know, we don't always know when to quit, um, or we don't do well at it, so we lose self esteem. Um, that whole thing about finding your passion—that's um, a tough. That, that's tough. How do you do that, or how do you know when you found it? Well, there are there are a couple of things I think of. Um, Daniel Pink in his book Drive, he had three things that he said motivated people. He talked about right. autonomy, the not wanting to have somebody always looking over your shoulder. He talked about mastery, and he talked about purpose. And you can start with any one of those three. Uh, mastery, for example, uh, a lot of people have something that they already feel like they're masterful at and they want to improve their skills at. Uh, you are a master at connecting with people and interviewing people and pulling ideas out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, purpose is another big one. Uh, a lot of people have concerns or, you know, they either have a purpose that they love, that they want to see something good accomplished, or they have a purpose, something that they hate, that they want to see stopped. The per- right. person that started uh, MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, was someone that hated something, and so they had a purpose. And... uh so either either one of those, what do you want to master or or what really drives you, what purpose that you would love to accomplish drives you can can be a basis for helping figure out what your your vision should be. No, well said and a great book that you brought uh, drive is a great book. Um, good one to bring up. Okay, let's talk about uh, Bob, let's talk about skills. Skills as a challenge. What are three skills you believe to be critical for entrepreneurs to have today? Well, one of the skills, the big skills that a lot of people talk about are people skills. And, you know, Very good. people have a tendency not to, to be so focused on their own desires and their own needs that they become unaware of other people. And uh, people skills, even in even your family life and, and balancing your family life with your business is a very important skill, and people skills with uh, coworkers, people skills with uh, suppliers or joint venture partners are all all really important to develop. But that really isn't totally enough um, right. in business. One the area the area that I love to teach about, and I that's one of the things that I, I like when I teach. Like at the conference we have coming up this fall, I like teaching about principles. And 
um, you go to a lot of conferences and people are talking about tactics like, well, you know, here's how you build your business using Facebook or here's how I built my business using uh, LinkedIn. Well, those are, those are tactics. And I, I like to talk about business principles because if you understand a business principle, how things work, then you can create strategies that will always work no matter, no matter what your business is. Yeah, no, that's important, Bob, because we, uh, if you know uh, social media or marketing or anything, tactics change. Continue. They're, I mean, they're always changing. Mm-hmm. The pendulum is always swinging. But um, what you're talking about never does. Yeah, yeah. And, and people learn that uh, in business school. But I'm one of those people that um, I didn't go to business school. I don't have an MBA and late in life, I guess, uh, the last decade or so, I began to learn that there were a lot of things I missed out on by not being there. And so I started, I started studying. I'm a voracious reader, you know, and I've, re- I've uh, read um, Peter Singh and Drudge and uh, studied uh, the a lot of basic business books that people learn in business school and decided, hey, this is great stuff. I wish I would have known this early in my career, so I guess I've been become kind of a translator, and I take some of the principles and strategies that other people learn in business school, business principles, and I try to break them down and teach them to small businessmen and entrepreneurs in a way that – they have something that they can walk away with, and it helps their business immediately without having to go through um, suffering. And when I talk about suffering, people hear about businesses, um, small businesses, new businesses, and how a high right. percentage of them fail during the first five years. And we just think of it as a statistic, whatever it is you hear, 85% fail in the first five years, 66%. Uh-huh depending on the study you're reading. But what, what people don't understand is along with that business failure, there is a lot of emotional pain. There are marriages that break up. There are children that feel like they're being uh, abandoned by their parents. Their parents are working 70, 80, 90 hours a week, and the kids feel like they're not important. And that's that's one of the things that I regret actually mm-hmm. is not spending enough time with my kids. I was because I loved them. I was working really hard to build a successful business and I had good motives, but and I still have a good relationship with my kids. I, all three of them work for me now. But mm-hmm. I regret all of the time that I didn't spend with them when they were growing up. I I would gladly trade some of the hours I have now with them as adults. I miss the hours that I missed with them when they were kids, and I had to do a lot of rebuilding of relationships because I got so intense and working so hard, like I said, for their good, that that uh, I would do it differently if I did it now. And if I knew the business principles that I know now, if I knew... Uh, how to grow a business the way I know now, I wouldn't have had to put in those long hours. So right. this is kind of a this is kind of a, a pay it forward thing that I can help other people prevent some of those. Um, I can help other people spend more time with their kids by teaching them how to 
create a successful business and grow it rapidly without having to kill themselves like working like an intern at a hospital does during his internship. That's, that's right. not necessary. No, and, uh, that's great. And, yeah, and, and, and I know you love it. And I know I know you also love it. I know it's your way of giving back. But, again, it's I know that you love not only the the authors that you speak about, the concepts and principles that you speak about, helping people. Um, but I, I really think that you really enjoy, I, seeing you out there, I think you really enjoy uh, teaching people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do. I like to I like to teach. And the third thing, we mentioned three skills, I'm, and I talked about people and principles. The third one is systems. And there are there are business systems that can be put into place that mm-hmm. make a business run, like we talked about earlier, so that you can practically walk away. And I I have one of my one of my biggest right. businesses now. I really don't I don't really do anything. It's like an absentee ownership business, and that's because uh, I have great people there. The principles that they make their decisions on are taught well, and they understand them well. And there's great systems in place. And I'm not, I don't remember who said this, but I think it's very true. It may have been, uh, may have been drudge, but somebody said that people say that they have a people problem, but in a, in a company, 85% of the time it's a systems problem and not a people problem. And so mm-hmm. you blame someone for a fault. You blame someone because they let you down. And if the correct system would have been in place, uh, a red flag would have come up, a reminder would have happened. If the correct system is in place, it avoids most of the people problems. Oh, yeah, and this, yeah, this is a big one. When I worked in the corporate world, one of my jobs was, you know, you know process. Mm-hmm. And you know, you'd always hear, you'd go in into the office and you'd hear, the per, you know, the uh, persons bitching and moaning about their HR or whoever, you know, the bots bitching and moaning about this form that these guys, the salesmen, never fill out. And dang it, if they would just fill this out, and I've had countless meetings with them, and they never fill it out, and and they're bitching and moaning. And then what you do is you take the process and you change it so the form is part of the is part of the inline paperwork that gets them paid. Without that form going through, that doesn't make it to step three, which gets them paid. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, everybody fills out the form, and nobody and they're not they don't moan or bitch or you know it's what they if they want to fill out the form, but it, it was never part of the process that made any. That helped them or, or, or screwed them up in any way, so there was no reason to really fill it out. It was a great reason to forget about it, and so you just make it part of the process. Everybody's happy, and so I mean, I've seen that happen over and over and over again. It's always the first thing you go look at when when you hear a bitch is, well, let's let's look at the process and see what we got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, I really, you just brought it up, so I'm going to, I'm going to use that as a segue in a second to go into, uh, you, you, you put together, this is the first thing for you, a conference together, and I want to talk about that. Before I do that, because I'm looking to get some great meat out of you, uh, I'm going to ask you one more question, and that's, um, um, the five components of a successful business. You've talked about this, and, uh, I want to know, are you willing to share some of that with the audience? Sure, sure. In fact, if people would take these five components and write them out very thoroughly and research them, these five things would would create a great business plan uh, that they could take to the bank. And the first first of the components of putting together a really successful business, and 
this this is basic, but you some people miss one of these five. But the first component is value creation. You have to create something valuable, whether it's a product or a service. The second component is there has to be market demand, and the market demand needs to be from a group that has some money to spend or a group at least that, that is gathered together in places where you can reach them. The third component is your, your sales process, how you deliver the information to them. Fourth component is uh, fulfillment. You know, how, to you, how do you satisfy and provide the value that you've been promising, uh, what the market's demanding? And then the fifth one that, that people don't want to hear about and is kind of boring to them are, are financial skills. But in this day of age, day and age of financial shortages and capital depletion, financial skills are important. And how can you capitalize your business? How can you make it profitable? Uh, especially if you're starting out with a small amount of capital. Right. Those those five skills are are teachable, but they're very important, and, and people need to look at them one by one uh, as they grow their business. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, those are all very important. And then, um, so I want to ask you, you: You love to teach. We've already talked about that. You love to teach. You you want you want to you know, pass this, the knowledge that you've taken over the years that have caused you pain and suffering and and uh, and share this knowledge. And so you've decided, and this is a big one, this is a big one, Bob. I mean, this is your first. Um, you've decided to put on a conference uh, in Dallas in September. Um, this is a big deal. You've brought together, uh, now you're a very connected guy. I know you. I know how connected you are. And you've, seen, you've hand-selected eight of the most respected and accomplished associate, uh, associates uh, that you know out there to put this thing together. So you've got to be really excited about this thing. I am. I am. I think one of the best ways for people to make rapid growth in their own life and rapid growth in their business is through learning, uh, coaching, mentorship, especially especially one-on-one connections or learning from someone in person. So I've made it very I've made relationship building very important through the years and I've found certain people that I really, really resonated with and people that I learned a lot from and people that have a great message. And so when I find someone that I feel like I can learn from, I spend more time with them and I end up building a better relationship with them. And so I decided rather than, you know, I'm not well known uh, rather than inviting people to a conference where I'm doing all the teaching, I decided to try to put together what I felt were some of the my best mentors and my best teachers that I could trust what they were going to be teaching and put them together in such a way that they would cover, instead of being a very specific conference like this is on social networking or this is on internet marketing. I wanted to put together a conference that would work great for someone that's already in business, that likes their business, that doesn't necessarily want to change and go do something else. They just want to learn how to make their business better or they want to grow it faster or maybe they want to spend less time at it. You know, either they want more customers or they need more cash flow or they just want more freedom. And so I put right. together a group of people that I, I think are going to be 
fantastic teachers, and I think they're going to provide a ton of value. Yeah, well, you know, you got some great speakers here, but I don't know this guy, Jay Conrad Levinson, uh, father of guerrilla marketing. I mean, what does he know about what – what can he hand you? I mean, just because he's the father of guerrilla marketing. This oh, is, man. I, 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 I joke. People. You know I joke because this is, this is incredible you got Jay to come down. I run into people that that have not heard of him, and I guess I guess it's maybe our age is is showing up on us, JW. But yeah. uh, Jay Conrad <laughs> Levinson is like an icon. This guy was on the team that developed the Marlboro Man. Uh, he contributed to "You're in Good Hands" with Allstate, the Pillsbury Doughboy. All that was when he was with with an advertising agency, and then he right. left and he moved to Berkeley. And he was teaching a marketing class at Berkeley decades ago, and he had he had a couple, a couple of long haired yeah, a couple, a couple of long haired guys right? in his class uh, by the name of uh, Bill Gates, and uh, actually Michael Dell was one of his students, and Steve Jobs. And I'm thinking, man, anybody that taught marketing to Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and Michael Dell, I've got to hear what he has to say. Yeah, he, 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 you know, maybe not so important, but maybe uh, maybe the fact that the most uh, three most successful guys uh, on our planet uh, learn from this guy, maybe maybe it's a we could probably agree there's a little importance there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, this yeah, this is crazy. I you know I joke, but um, this this is just just a day spent with Jay would be you know worth the whole ticket. But now you've got uh, seven other people here. One of my favorites, Laurel Langemeyer. I just interviewed Laurel. Uh, she's known as a millionaire maker. She's been a best-selling author several times. Um, she can command a she commands a room. She you know when she gives her talks, she promises that they will make money before they leave the conference and they and or their money back. And she's never had to give money back. Just incredible person. Um, Odell Stunkard. I don't know Odell. Tell me about Odell. Odell is the person that makes it possible for me to have these six companies at once. He he is a a builder and a person that is involved with uh, systems and getting people engaged, building teams. He has solved a lot of problems for me uh, anytime there's, there's someone on a particular team that they aren't getting along with each other. He's able to solve some of those uh, people problems, but at the same time, he's a system person that helps put together processes. And he's going to be teaching on uh, how to get the people that you're working with more engaged and how to create a great team. And to me, team is is of utmost importance. Uh, there are right. so many things that, that an entrepreneur has to do. There's no way that you can do all of the things and have all of the skill sets you need do them all yourself and be successful. You've got to you've got to have a good team, a great team to work with you. Right, and uh, he's in uh, metrics and analysis. Uh, so they always say if you can't uh, measure it, you can't manage it. So that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, R. V. Robinson, um, marketing strategy strategist. Uh, you got yeah. Paul Miltenberger. Go ahead, tell me about R. V. 
RV, what the way that she markets is with public speaking, and she's going to be telling people uh, ways oh, cool. to not be afraid of public speaking anymore and teaching systems on how to use public speaking as a marketing strategy that brings business into your company. And so I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, Paul Miltenberger, a lot of people haven't heard of him yet, but they need to. He teaches partnerships in strategic ventures. And uh, Paul is an attorney in Chicago, and for years he successfully ran a franchise brokerage firm. And franchises are a way of leverage uh, connecting with with the rest of the franchising company, but Paul has taken it a step further and he teaches people how to, people that are not a member of a franchise, how to connect with other businesses and how to do joint ventures and partnerships, not only with people that have similar businesses, but even partnerships and strategic partnerships with, with your competitors and how to build relationships that where you're you're working together and you're helping each other instead of just competing. And I, well, yeah. Paul is going to be a, have a great uh, a great talk. Well, this is this is Keystone stuff. Um, Paul Miltenberger, I don't know him, but uh, what you just described is exactly the opposite and how business should run, and that's the opposite of the adversarial. Um, mm-hmm this deal where somebody has to lose for somebody to win. This is about, a, business should be about alliance, should be about JV, it should be about affiliate, affiliates, and especially with your competitors. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love what you said earlier. You said you should be competing with yourself. I mean, if you, I, I believe if you put yourself out there and compete with the world, you're going to have a rough time because there's always going to be somebody who's, who's better. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, and, and you're just going to lose heart. Um, but if you're moving, if you're taking your company and you're working on it so that every day you're doing better and better, you're going to continue to move in the right direction. And believe me, that organic growth is really what counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so this this is this is great stuff. <clears throat> um, I don't want to say her name wrong. Elena Fernandez. Al- I know Elena. I know her, and I always say her name wrong. She'll probably be Alina. mad at me. Elena. Elena Al- Fernandez. Yes, Elena Al- is is. Uh, She's a double expert, uh, expert in social networking and an expert in branding. And, mm-hmm. and she will be telling ways how to be effective at social networking that don't require you to spend all day in front of the computer. She's amazing, all four foot eleven of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's a she's a she's a very small person with a with she's she has a lot of tenacity. She knows she knows what she's talking about. When I first talked to her, I, you know, I know a little about social media as you know. So I started talking to her and um and she said, "Yes, I'm a social marketing, uh, you know, person." And I said, "Yeah, well, tell me about that." I was impressed. I was very impressed. This, this, she knows she's got great sight. She knows knows what she's doing. She's going to be super there, yeah. um, and I'm glad that you've got her. She, she's amazing. David Hancock, I know David. David, yeah. uh, uh, he works with uh, Rick Frischman. And, um, let's see, yeah. what is it? Morgan James Publishing. Yeah, David Hancock started uh, Morgan James Publishing, and it's it's one of the most progressive, innovative. Uh, publishing companies anywhere. They've combined traditional publishing 
with a way for the authors to actually obtain uh, books and sell them themselves. You have the best of both worlds. People try to decide, should I go with a traditional publisher or should I uh, do print-on-demand? With Morgan James, you can do both. And he's, he's going to be talking about publishing books and uh, how to choose which is the best route to go for you and how to find, how to find a publisher. Right. They'll be publishing your book uh, coming out um, and yeah. with the uh, More Power book coming out. And what I love about Morgan James, um, David and Rick are great guys, first of all, but what I like about them is they really care about the author. And so even if they're not publishing, they, they, they have their Author 101 University every year where you can come down and you mm-hmm. can meet with book stewards and binders and just everybody. You know, they just really want you to get a book out. If you want to get a book out, they want you to do it, um, and they bring in agents and all kinds of stuff. It's just an amazing, amazing time. I go to every one of them that I can and uh, just l- and love those guys. So uh, what's he going to be talking about? He is going to be talking about how to, how to get a book published, not only how to get it published, but how to use it as a tool to build your business. A lot of people think that publishing a book is an end in itself, and you publish it and you send it to the bookstores and hope for the best. But uh, David Hancock teaches that that really is just the beginning. You publish your book, and then what you do with it uh, is from there on is the important part, and you can use it to build your business, to build credibility. You can use it as a, as a marketing tool that most people don't have available to them. Right. And, you know, and that's really great because you brought up something we hear from all the authors, and that is we thought it was going to be hard to write, and then we thought it would be, once I wrote it, I thought it would be hard to publish. Then once I published, I realized that was the easy part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we, have to, now we have to market it. And uh, you guys, I mean, that's where you and a lot of the rest of the team and David are just they can really be helpful to authors or anybody who is in business who's trying to get, I mean, the product is product. You know, coming up with a product, you might think that it's always the marketing end is always the hardest piece mm-hmm. because you could have the best widget in the world and the best, uh, and the best uh, team waiting to, to work, but if you don't get the word out, nobody comes. Yeah, yeah. And that's a lot of – actually, there's, there's several aspects, several directions we're going in at the, at the More Power Live conference. One of them is, is teaching – a lot of it is teaching marketing because that's what people are looking for. They want more customers coming in their door. But another of the things in the back of my mind is there is a need for people to – project themselves and become an authority in whatever their particular niche is. And there are particular ways to create your identity as an authority, as an expert, and most of those ways we will be covering in one form or the other at the conference. Book publishing, uh, public relations, public speaking, positioning and branding, those are, those are all important and critical to be positioned. And some people, there are places that will teach you how to create the image of being an expert or an authority. And to mm-hmm. me, that's really a mistake. 
because if you eventually people are if you aren't really if your identity isn't that of an expert eventually people are going to find out whether it's in a question and answer period or in a book you wrote so you need to you need to start by building your your identity and your true self as an authority and but there are many people that truly are experts truly are authorities and nobody knows and that's that's where what we'll be teaching at the conference will help is once you have that skill set how do you let everybody know and how do you use it to get people to come to you and to grow your business absolutely and i don't want to leave off uh, while you're there cuz uh, i do want to i really want to talk to you about the takeaways people are going to get from this but uh, let's not leave out ursula yeah um, I, I just, I just, yeah, I just interviewed Ursula. And she's great. Uh, I mean, power, and I saw her speak. She's a powerful speaker. What's she going to be speaking about? She is going to be speaking on how to how to use sales to grow your organization. And people, people hear, oh, I don't want to, you know, I'm an author. I don't want to be a salesperson. But Ursula is such a warm person, and she she uses the kind of sales that I think is important, and that is looking to your customer to find out what their vision is, what their needs are, and just providing what they need so that the end result of the transaction is going to be they'll be overjoyed. They won't be they won't feel like they had something sold to them, but they'll feel like you're on their team and you're helping them and you become friends. Yeah, she teaches inbound outbound marketing and um you know uh for the tech and that's I'm giving the technical term. I would say heart you know, you can call it heart selling or, you know, just listening. That's a good way to describe it. Listening to your uh to your client. But it really is about the client coming to you. It's not about you convincing them that what you have is what they want. It's about them uh, telling you that they want what you have and uh, and, and saying I'm willing to pay uh, you know a reasonable price to get that um, and that is really how sales should work you know this whole story about people being able to sell ice to Eskimos uh, uh-huh. this sounds really great but it's so unsustainable and the truth is that you know you you get a thousand people to buy your product you're gonna have ninety nine nine hundred ninety nine of them send it back um, you know mm-hmm. people come to you wanting what you have, uh, is this is the client you really want. And I know that she can tell you how to do that. Um, and these is a, not, not only is this a customer that will buy from you once, this is a customer that will buy from you over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's great. Let's, let's talk about the takeaway. You put this together for a reason. What was that? I have found, just in my own experience, that getting away and spending a few days away from my business, even to a conference that didn't have that much to offer me, was really valuable just because I I got away from the forest and I got the big picture view. But when I go Mm -hmm. to a conference where I'm not only getting away from my, my business, but I'm constantly inspired by people with great attitudes and great ideas, and I I get actually good content that I've, I've been to a few conferences where I took so many notes and had so many ideas that when I came back, it just revolutionized my business and, and spurred me on to a new plateau. And I think, I think so many people in today's market 
are plateaued, they're kind of burned out, they're not sure what to do next. And I want it to be something inspirational that will let people actually put what they learn into practice and it'll push businesses up to a new level. And, you know, after all, we hear all the thing about the unemployment rate, we hear about the economy being bad. The job creation in the United States is primarily created by small entrepreneurs. It's, it's mm-hmm. no longer the big corporations. It's the, it's the mom and pops. It's the people that have a handful of employees. And if by getting together and working together as a group, if the, the mentors and the teachers I have can inspire people to grow their business and get excited about business again instead of being looked down upon as business people, that's what can turn things around. It, it has to be a grassroots thing, and I am just want to be part of spurring people on to have a more productive life, have a happier life, and get excited about life again, have some visions and dreams and, and something to be joyful about instead of having to be down in the mouth or worried about what the future is. Yeah, you know, and um, I think you would agree with me. Now is a really good time to become an entrepreneur. Is that not true? I really think it is. You know, I've I've heard that there were more millionaires made during the Great Depression than almost any other time. And when people are concerned, when people are looking for answers, when people are ready for change, I think is what it really comes down to. When when everything's successful and things are clicking along good, someone uh, isn't as open to listening to innovative ideas. Maybe if someone is real successful, they're not as open to creating a joint venture or a partnership with someone else. They aren't as open to new ideas. But when times are hard, when people are unemployed, when people are looking at ways to make a change, they're looking around, and if, as a business person, I approach someone with a great idea and a great plan and offer a great partnership with them, uh, which is the point I think that we're at because of the current situation, I think it's... I think it's one of the best times to be an entrepreneur that there ever has been. No, and I totally agree with you. I uh, on on all points, on all points, uh, because it is it is a tough mar- uh, job market out there. So many people really need to. Uh, some people will need to become entrepreneurs, and you know, and I'm being becoming an entrepreneur, as you know, will test you to the very soul. So mm-hmm. going to going to conferences like yours can really help somebody um, forego a lot of pain. Yeah, uh, you know, get in there, uh, you know, learn what the heck, you know, get get yourself on on the road, get yourself a plan, get, give yourself direction, figure out what, what you know how to put your business plan together, how to figure out your values and your mission and your <laughs> the whole deal. These are this is the conference that can help you really kind of get those things started and get yourself on the road to getting out there and being able to, like you said, um, be able to give value. Yeah, and the the people teaching are people that have created billions of dollars in sales and raised uh, companies up. Uh, Jay Conrad Levinson uh, has 
probably been instrumental in more companies being successful through guerrilla marketing uh, than almost anyone I know. And I'm, right. I'm excited about being there, just not only for him, but for each of the speakers, because they each have a piece of the puzzle. And by the time uh, the conference is over, I think people will see the big picture, and they'll see how they fit into the picture. Well, that's great. I, you know, I, um, I'm excited about the conference uh, in, that, that's going on. Uh, I, I'm excited for you, Bob. I know this is your first one. Uh, we've become, you know, um, friends over a short amount of time. I've always appreciated you. you you're, you're such a nice guy and a sharp guy, and uh, you're like peeling back an onion. Every time I speak to you, I find out so much more about you that I don't know. Um, it's, you're just amazing, and I, I, I truly believe, and I go to a lot of conferences, uh, because of your lineup, because of who you are, and because of what you know, that this is going to be a truly exceptional conference. Um, okay, so enough said. How do we find you? How do we find the conference? Online, the conference site is morepowerlive.com. And uh, you can find out the speaker lineup, the, the dates. Actually, um, September 20th through 23rd is what I'm going to say. September 20th is is a bonus day. We have a a whole afternoon focused on uh, crowdfunding, crowdsourcing, and with Ooh, speakers. Ooh, that's huge! Yeah, yeah, and it sign up for More Power Live for the three day conference, and you get a free ticket to that that Thursday, the 20th, which will be on crowdsourcing. And I think Who's that is huge. speaking crowdsourcing. Uh, Aggie Cobran. Uh, Aggie Cobran. Yeah. She, yeah. She, oh, she's she, amazing. She is, and she has, is bringing in some of the, the top speakers in the field on that Thursday to to teach. And, right, and you know, this all that she's doing. She has her own crowdfunding company. Yeah, yeah. And she teaches all over L.A. I know. She's amazing. That's great. So that's Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish that. I apologize. I just wanted to know because I know some crowdfunding people out there, and you got the best. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited about that because especially uh, for people that don't understand it or haven't heard it or want to implement it in their business, uh, much better to to learn from some of the top people in the field uh, how to get started. And especially that's one of the big problems in this day and age is capital, lack of startup capital, lack of capital to expand. And mm-hmm. uh, this, is, this is one of the great new innovative methods. And so I'm, I'm really happy about being able to offer that. Oh, no, that is, that is, that's, that's worth it. You keep doing this to me. It's worth the price of admission <laughs> right there. <laughs> so do you have, uh, is there any, um, have we passed the specials or what's, what's it going to cost to get into this thing? Um, and do you have VIP and all that good stuff? Yeah, yeah. Actually, right now, uh, I was just at a, a large conference out in Napa, and one of the speakers there is actually from a company uh, uh, from Infusionsoft that sponsors a lot of conferences and exhibits a lot of conferences, and, and one of their key people, Dan, said, I can't believe what you're selling this for. You guys are really underpriced. This should be at least nine ninety seven plus VIP. Why are you doing it so low? And, uh, and it made me think, oh, why why are we doing it so low? But um, 
We have a special. And, and yes. the, the, the price of admission to the conference is um, is right now $197 uh, per person, and the VIP package is uh, 397 But our special is that uh, since we want people to share and we want them to have someone that they can bring with them that they can share with is someone that signs up for the conference for the 197 can bring a guest along, and if they sign up for the VIP package, which will include uh, some lunches and some time, some time in smaller rooms with some of these speakers, uh, the oh, that, yeah, that's priceless. That but having cover, time with these guys is priceless. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So the 397 covers the cost of their guest also. So right now we're gonna we're gonna hold that. I'm hoping for at least the next few weeks. Eventually, we'll probably go to just those prices. Uh, but right now, I think it's a, you know, we want to we want to get people motivated and excited early and want people to start making plans early. So for people that, that right. register early and sign up early, they can they can bring someone with them and I think that's a a good a great value. That's great. And uh how long is it uh I mean, do you have lots of rooms set up uh, so they can get some great room rates? Yeah, this is being um held in downtown Dallas at the Crown Royal, and it is, uh, I believe the room rate's 119, which which in mm-hmm. downtown Dallas is a really good rate. <laughs> we, do, we do have a room block set up for that, so right. that's another thing to, to, again, to go to morepowerlive.com and all the information on the hotel and getting a hold of them. And I what I have found even when I have to pay extra, I've been to some conferences in New York City where the room rates were really high. Sure. I have found that I really love to stay in the same place that the conference is being held. Because oh, absolutely. I, I get almost as much of my value, if not, if not more than half of my value, from the networking, the people I meet in the halls, uh, the t- these people that are speakers of the conferences – that's how I met them, was going to conferences. And you get to know people there. You become their friends. That's how I met you, Bob. Yeah, that's right. We <laughs> met at a conference. conference. Yeah. Right. And so I can't, I can't even describe how valuable it is for people to, to get away from their business for a few days and get out where they can meet new friends uh, and mentors and people that have things that – can share things with them, and they can share things with the other people because it's it's a back and forth process, and I I really think it's important that people there share with each other and get to know each other. That's great. We're speaking to Bob Bear. This is J.W. Nigerian with On Purpose Magazine. We're speaking to Bob Bear of BestsellingExperts.com, and Bob's putting on a, this incredible conference. His first one, so you you're you're you're, give, you're almost giving it away. <laughs> year. Uh, next year, I'm sure it's going to be. You're going to figure it out it's going to be much more expensive next year. So get in now while the getting's good. Yeah. Uh, while, while Bob's giving away the farm, <laughs> and uh, and that, and say again, that was at uh, morepowerlive.com. Correct, morepowerlive.com. Well, that's great. After you know, after you uh, after September, after you do the thing, I want you to come back. Let me know how it went there, uh, because I think you're going to be. It's going to be really exciting. Um, and, we're, we're really excited for you, um, and I tell you what—you really want to—you want to find a good conference this year, 
this is the this is the one, and you got plenty of time to get ready for it. So uh, jump on this one, hey, Bob. I just want to say, you know, um, I love you. You're a great guy, and uh, you know, it's, we uh, formed a friendship in just a, sh a really short time because I I think you know you're you're such a, a nice and wonderful and respectful guy, and uh, love what you do. Like I said, I learn more about you every time I talk to you. I know you're running, you're trying to pack, you've got so much stuff on your, it was really hard actually to get this, this whole thing together. Your staff was remarkable, by the way. Uh, thank them um, for this, but I know that you're running and you've got a zillion things to do, so I want to let you go and be respectful of that, but I so, so, so thank you for uh, taking the time to come with us today. Well, I appreciate your time. I've, I've enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, I'm more keyed up and ready to go now. I can, I can pack fast now. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm inspired. Thank well, there you, you for go. having me. Enjoy your, your, well, it's a business trip, but enjoy it anyway um, in the beautiful uh, uh, islands of the Philippines. And uh, can't wait to have you back here and uh, find out how the conference went. You take care. Great. Thank you. All right, everybody, it's J.W. and Jaren Fraun for his magazine with the wonderful Bob Bear saying, have a great day and an even better tomorrow. Thank you for listening to our Made of Media Group production of On Purpose Magazine. You can find On Purpose Magazine at onpurposemagazine.com. On Purpose Magazine and J.W. On Purpose is the property and is a trademark of Made of Media Group, and this audio is copyright 2012, and all rights are reserved.